Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by the book guide. Mycroft, Sherlock points out patiently. When she reaches courting age, I doubt she will any longer carry a dagger in her bosom. Mycroft arches his thorny eyebrows. You think she will eventually conform to society's expectations? You, who refused to take a degree in any recognized field, instead inventing your own calling and livelihood. The world's first and only private consulting detective gestures dismissively. She's female, my dear Mycroft. The biological imperatives of her sex urge her to nest and procreate. The first stirrings of womanly maturity will impel her... Bah! Balderdash! Mycroft can no longer restrain his asperity. You really think our renegade sister will settle down and find herself a husband? Why, what do you think she will do? retorts Sherlock, a bit stung. The great detective is unaccustomed to the word balderdash as applied to his pronouncements. Perhaps she intends to make a lifelong career of finding missing persons and apprehending evil duos? It is possible. What? You believe she might set herself up in business? As my competition? Sherlock's annoyance gives way to amusement. He begins to chuckle. Mycroft says quietly, I would not put it beyond her. You'll have her smoking cigars next. Sherlock Holmes laughs heartily now. Have you forgotten our sister is just a wayward child? She cannot possibly possess such fixity of purpose. Preposterous, my dear Mycroft, utterly preposterous. Chapter the First So far, my only clients as Dr. Regostan, scientific perditorian, had been a stout elderly widow anxious to find her lost lapdog, a frightened lady who could not locate a valuable heart-shaped ruby which had been given to her by her husband, and an army general whose most cherished souvenir of the Crimean War had disappeared, namely his bullet-riddled leg bone signed by the field doctor who had amputated it. Trifles all. My energies should have been directed towards a far more important objective, to find Mum. I knew my mother was roaming with the gypsies, and I had promised myself that in the spring I would track her down, not to reproach her or coerce her, only to reunite with my... my amputated family member, so to speak. Yet here it was May already. I had made no effort at all to search for Mum, and I did not know why, except to say that business detained me in London. Business? A lapdog, a lapidary, and a leg bone. But clients were clients, I told myself. It had not, of course, been necessary or possible for any of them to meet the illustrious and fictitious Dr. Regostan himself. Rather, Miss Ivy Meshel, his trusted assistant, had returned the widow's pet, an adorable curly-haired spaniel, to its grateful owner, having taken it back from a notorious Whitechapel dealer in purloined purebred dogs, Similarly, Miss Meshel had resolved the affair of the lost jewels simply enough by sending a boy up the linden tree outside the lady's window to look in a magpie's nest. How easily I could have climbed that tree myself, and how I yearned to do so, but propriety forbade. 
As for the General's leg in a box, I was rather tepidly on the trail of it when I chanced to become involved in a far more intriguing, and as it turned out, urgent case. I blush to confess that the initial encounter took place within a recent establishment on Oxford Street, which, while gratefully patronised by gentlewomen who shopped that expensive district, was not mentioned in mixed society. The first London ladies' lavatory. This splendid innovation, tacitly acknowledging that well-bred women no longer spent their days at home within a few steps of their own water closets, cost a penny to enter. Quite worth it when one needed it, even though the same sum would have given an East End child bread, milk, and grammar schooling for a day. The cost ensured that the facility was used mostly by females of the upper classes, although the occasional working girl, such as Ivy Meschel in her false curls and cheaply fashionable ready-made clothing, might venture in. That day, however, I was not disguised as the slightly vulgar Ivy Meschel. Instead, my...